Welcome to season two of Spark Reunited, a series of shows celebrating 25 years of broadcasting on this student community radio station. Whether it was Utopia or Spark, the people featured on the station have made it into what it is today. And as today's Sparkies, we are forever grateful for them imparting their knowledge onto us, and we decided to pay it forward by sharing it with you. After such a successful season one, where we heard the likes of Emma Millen, Chris Stevens, and Rob Dowell, and this season, We'll be speaking to more ex-Sparkies and Utopians like current Capital Executive Producer Callum Hyder and BBC West Midlands Producer Adam Pender-Smith, along with loads of other guests who will share their radio insights and experiences with you. In this episode, our guest is lecturer at Five College and founder of the Student Music Network, Scott Hasty. Hope you enjoy. My name's Don Brown and I'm joined by a lecturer at Five College and the founder of Student Music Network, Scott Hasty. Scott, how are you? Hey Dom, good to be with you. Thanks for the invite back into Spark. It's cracking to have you on. So Scott, obviously it's been a while since you were here at Spark. Uh, can I ask how you were involved with Spark when you were actually here on campus? Yeah, um, I kind of got quite involved from the get-go. So um, I came down through a partnership between uh, the University of Sunderland and Fife College, um, where basically we study a two-year course at Fife College, which isn't a uni de- degree, it's a um, college, uh, higher national certificate, higher national diploma, um, and then came down to go straight into the final year, the broadcast media degree at the University of Sunderland, which is really, really good. Um, and then from the get-go, before I came down, I knew that I wanted to get involved in Spark. I'd been listening to the station over summer before I came down. Just the way the dominoes fell, uh, it turns out that... Um, Within a couple of months, I was uh, helping out on the music team. I think there was three of us on the music team at the time, myself, uh, Caitlin and Harrison. And um, Caitlin had to take a sidestep for a little bit of time. So myself and Harrison were running the, the music for a little bit of time, which is you know cool to be in the building for maybe two or three months and then be running the music. It was great. So yeah, between sort of 2014 uh, and 2016, was when I was there and I did a bit of everything really. Uh, you've mentioned there Scott and I think you've mentioned it twice so far about the link that you've got between Fife College and, and Sunderland because um, there are other colleges as well that have that similar kind of links I know speaking from myself uh, in my master's course we've got uh, an Irishman, an American and two Scotsmen and it's not to set up for a terrible joke I promise that is actually what <laughs> they have. Um, how important do you think the ties are between the universities and the, the colleges in Scotland that, like your own um, and, and what are the benefits of this? And have you seen any for yourself? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I I speak to um, I speak to students all the time about options available to them, and um, you know, we we are in Fife, which is like not it's not miles and miles away from the university in Sunderland, it's, which is doable. Like I I work in Glasgow quite a lot at the moment, and like going through to Glasgow, it's, it feels like the exact same journey as it would going down to. Newcastle or Sunderland, so it's totally doable. Um, and the thing is, out of the options up here in Scotland, there's no, there's not really a degree in Scotland at university that um, that that really focuses on radio. Um, a lot of them are media degrees, and if they do have focuses and angles, it's on sort of screen side of stuff. So, in my opinion, the the best course of action for a student in Scotland that wants to study is come to our campus at Fife College or 
There's also ones in Edinburgh, Glasgow, but ours is the best. Um, but yeah, come to Fife College, do two years here, which effectively act as two years of a university degree, and then go down to Sunderland and do one year down there, and that gets you an, an honours degree in one year. And then you can stay on again for an extra year and get a master's degree. Um, I do think it's important that there's a connection between colleges and universities because th there isn't always university courses around where people are that will give them what they need. People will often sit in school and think, right, well, the best course of action is to get myself off to university as quick as I can. But in the case of people that want to do radio in Scotland, that's actually not the case. The best thing to do is go to one of the colleges which is more equipped for it than any of the universities are and then go down to England, be it Sunderland or be it um, some of the other courses that, that are a bit further down um, go down to England and, and finish your studies Scott as well, I've got a question to ask you because in November obviously we hosted the actual event for Spark United, obviously you weren't, you weren't able to make it which I'm really sorry that you couldn't make it down but you did kind of make it in another way because we had flyers up for the event and I'm not sure if you know but I have to tell you now that your face did appear a lot around the event because Caroline wanted to have your face up there especially the picture of you in front of the Weirmouth Bridge when you uh, were promoting the fact that you were doing your broadcast from the North Sea for your dissertation project. Are you able to just talk us through what, we, what it was like to do that dissertation project and what it was like to be in the shoes of pirates? I had a really, really good team. I was certainly the weak link in that team. And yeah, we were in a radio broadcasting class. That that was the name of the unit, if I remember rightly. And I guess it was quite a vague task to just do a radio broadcast, I think, was effectively the, the task. We came up with the idea that we wanted to do something around the anniversary of Pirate Radio. And um, we did it in two parts. The first part was we did, a, did a, an outside broadcast, effectively, we did an OB in the middle of the North Sea, which is pretty mad. And let me tell you, that ran into a whole host of problems on the night. Because I was studio-based and the three guys were uh, in the middle of the North Sea. Um, and we lost connection so many times, so we had to like pre-record a bunch of links and then quickly edit them and quickly put them out. So I had, I had a lot of work to do in the studio. And then the following morning was a lot better connect connectivity-wise. But um, the following morning, we... Um, uh, Harrison, who was really, really into his sort of dance music and, and DJ music, to celebrate the uh, other side of the anniversary of Pirate Radio around sort of more more dance and underground uh, stuff, especially the stuff that was coming out of London with a lot of the like uh, underground sort of uh, illegal um, dance stations. But to sort of celebrate them, we did a broadcast from uh, a really famous studio in i want to say rotterdam um in in holland because that that was the sort of end point of the the ferry that, that we broadcast on so we did we did an ob that was like a full mix from there we had interviews in there spliced in from like really famous people from the underground dance scene and it was just really really good like both both parts of it um that wound up being the only first i ever got at uni so uh yeah but i think it was just like a Everyone that was working on it was really, really good and engaged with it, and we wanted to make something really cool, and it worked. Scott, um, I've got two more questions for you before you round things up. I just wanted to know what, and I'm assuming 
this is the kind of thing as a lecturer you're involved in a lot but what would be the one piece of advice that you would give to a student who's looking to get into the radio field if you're a presenter make sure you're constant well actually i guess for a presenter and producer make sure you're constantly making stuff um and you know like i i do that now in my own life i'll sit and say well oh well i could, I could be doing more here but then that's just me saying I could be doing more. I'm not actually going out and making stuff, be it a podcast or, you know, a, a radio show or a playlist or, or whatever it is. So if you're like, if you want to be a, a presenter and you don't have a demo, then you're already losing. Like, make, make sure you've got a demo. No matter how far into it you are, just make yourself a demo. Keep making a demo. It's really, really important as well. Don't, like, just make one and assume that you've, you've done that part, you've ticked that off, you need to keep making demos. And if you come across as passionate and you come across as knowledgeable and you come across as like a fun person who looks like they're enjoying it, you will you will get interest from companies. Um, and, you know, I'm confident you'll, you'll get a job. Sounds like pretty sound advice to me. Scott, one last question I've got for you. What is your best memory of being at Spark? Oh, oh. I think the, mo- the, the best thing we ever did the best thing we ever did was the election night coverage, which was, oh, Jesus, maybe 2015. That was the best thing we ever did. We went over the top with what we wanted to do, and somehow it all just about worked. So a guy um, that I worked with called Jake, uh, who was also station manager at Spark for a while, um, we were both relatively into politics, um, and we decided just to turn the whole of the media hub um, and spark into into just like an election night madness kind of thing. Um, we did 12 hours of non-stop speech. Um, I feel like we maybe did like 7 till 7, something like that, 7 p.m. till 7 a.m. So the whole, whole hub was open all night, various different sort of staff and students in there as well. And Jake and I, alongside the people that were running sort of uh, the, the news channel um, and stuff like that. We, we helped coordinate it all. So we had 12 hours on air. Uh, we had reporters down at the local Northeast Counts, which was maybe about five or six different people. So every time that there was news from one of them coming in, had them on air, called them in. Um, we had like a, <laughs> a feed going up to the... the old shed which was in the media hub which we used as like a an analyst center kind of thing so our presenters on air would be talking about the big strokes but then we'd cut to uh analysts upstairs that would cover the you know the the proper details there was like insanely detailed graphics getting made and posted out all the time as well and then we we just had people all over the place it was mad i reckon at the time we had probably about 40 or 50 different people that were involved in the broadcast across the whole night and it was really really cool and yeah i think that that was my favorite memory but in particular just to just to round off i, I think it was maybe about 4 a.m and i called upstairs to try and get some info from jake um so i was in the the news booth next to the live studio just managing what was going out on air at the time i called upstairs and i was like can you pass jake on the phone i want to ask him a question and someone said, can't, he's, he's asleep, he's gone. And that, that was the, yeah, I was just like, cool, of course he is, nice. Hung up the phone, just kept going. So, uh, yeah, 
it was great. It was really, really great. But yeah, our our election coverage was was the best thing I think we ever did. I actually got kicked out of the building at oh. the end because uh, I was almost. I think I was in there for twenty three hours, and I really wanted to hit twenty four. And Joanna, who I'm sure most people listening in will know, would 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 not let me hit hit the twenty fourth hour. She demanded that I go home and get some rest, and I was devastated about that. But I did then go and sleep for like twenty hours. So yeah, oh, it was yeah. pretty mad. That sounds about right to me. <laughs> Scott, that's about everything we've got. That's all we've got time for. Thank you so much for coming on. I've really appreciated it. It's been a great interview. Thank you so much. For more episodes from former members of Sparking Utopia, keep listening to Spark Reunited, sparking your interest in media.